0: It's Wednesday, Valentine's Day, and I get to share it with two people that also don't have a Valentine date. Jenny Byrne <laughs> <laughs> joined as deputy chief of uh, staff to Stephen Harper one time, and uh, currently with Bayfield Strategy and John Mraz, who survived the uh, liberal war room in his day. <laughs> and lived to tell us. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Love Day, everyone! Happy Love Day, everyone! <laughs> you know, I didn't actually realize it was Valentine's Day until about 9.30 this morning, and
1: I was like, ugh, I'm the worst mother ever. Shouldn't your husband have reminded you?
0: Oh, oh, as if he remembered. No, we don't <laughs> celebrate this kind of stuff. I just could care less about today. But anyway, have a have a wonderful romantic night. Um, let's talk about Patrick Brown for this Valentine's Day because he is, in fact, fighting back, speaking out. And um, now we learn that the worst of the allegations, the suggestion that he preyed upon, you know, underage girls, plied her with liquor is not, in fact, true. Uh, and he came out swinging um, at CTV saying, quote, you lied. You defamed me. I will not allow your brand of trashy journalism to hurt us another person in this country but Jenny I'll start with you because it's Valentine's Day CTV (laughs) is in fact standing by its story and you know they're calling it a correction that's a pretty big mistake
2: well, this, this is the issue is what is true or not true when it's when it's debated in in the media, it's it's almost impossible to uh, t- to tell through media reporting. It's trial by media. Well,
0: we shouldn't really be. In, this is the kind of thing we shouldn't be debating these kinds in, in the media. It's too serious for a, the a person. Who's I, accused. I need to
1: interject. We're using judicial language. We call it a trial. Last much act in a democracy, Canada, you have a right to be confronted and to address your accusers. So what CTV, what CTV did, it looked like to me, was take two anonymous sources and indict somebody without a trial, without any right for Patrick Brown to face his accusers in that sphere, if you're going to call it trial by media, and they set a precedent in so doing. And now they're they're feeling well, ugh, go ahead but even if
2: these allegations are, are proven are proven untrue and and it's proven that Patrick's got a ra- raw deal it doesn't matter it's not going to change anything for him yeah, politically he's he's Politi- damaged. Po- politically, he will not be the leader uh, going into the next election. They're, they will not hold off doing the election. And frankly, uh, putting on my political party hat, it is not a right to be a candidate either for leader or running for a party. It it is a it is a privilege, and it's up to the discretion of the party and the leader. And Patrick was leader uh, for two and a half years, where he, he the party oversaw nominations, where candidates were disallowed for other reasons. It It is the democracy within a political party.
0: Okay, so let me then put this to you. But let me ask you, let me, because it's my Valentine's Day, John. Um, (laughs) If in fact these allegations are not true, then many will say he has been robbed of his opportunity to lead the party he was elected to lead and take them into an election. So there are a lot of people saying, well, if he is cleared, why can't he go back? Well, I mean, I, that's a little naive of me to say. It sounds like it's just—I get it's not that
1: easy, yeah, but it's not—it's not a practical possibility. And they always said that politics is, you know, war without the blood. I would say this as somebody a few years ago who was charged and accused of something, and then the accuser admitted she had fabricated that. I'd spent a hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. I did take some satisfaction when it became publicly known that it was all hooey. In knowing that my reputation—oh, you were accused? Out. Yes, I've been through this and uh, the woman in question accused me of some horrible things then admitted she would fabricated that it was basically you know for for whatever ends or whatever motive she had uh she claimed she was mentally ill but i went through a very rough and expensive time the charges were i wasn't even found uh, not guilty the but charges it doesn't matter. were the charges were withdrawn sure but it cost sticks. me 100000 but i did take great satisfaction because of course first of all people heard through the rumor mill publication ban or not by the way that it had happened and then they heard that I wasn't guilty, and it mattered a great deal. So at least Patrick, if it turns out that this is all Huey, will I'm sure take some satisfaction that he walks down the main street in his hometown, in uh, being allowed, uh, so that people might see that he is actually innocent of
2: these. Well, and he'll he'll he he he'll be he then if if something happens between now and the next election where he is exonerated or any of these uh, uh, accusations. Um, are disproven, uh, most of the leadership candidates, at least uh, Christine Elliott, has come out and said yes. there is no reason why he shouldn't run in his home riding in Barry. Sure, but
0: but it's a comment like what I read on Twitter today, which I'll read again because it left me um, with my jaw on the floor. It's ultimately, quote, there are going to be some people falsely accused, a necessary evil to allow all the legitimately victimized people to be able to come forward. I don't need a court to connect the dots of Patrick Brown cruising bars for young chicks to take advantage of. That is very problematic because... If, in fact, he's not guilty of anything, and he certainly, uh, now we know, is not accused of taking any underage girl and plying her with liquor, that's problematic. There should be no collateral damage, period, unless you get it into a courtroom and there is a conviction brought. But no one should be just recklessly destroyed for a bigger cause of the Me Too movement.
1: I'm going to put on my political hat for a second now. If I had a candidate, and he was what, in his early 30s at the time this is happening? Late twenty-nine, He was 29. And, and I had a candidate, and that candidate was... Dating or spending time with women who were hovering around the age of twenty or even a little below. Because Lord knows I there's would, no
0: politicians who do that. I would. Not, I tell you. I'm Sorry, not, I got to get my eyes rolled back down. Yeah. Okay. You know, go I'm, ahead. Go I'm ahead. I'm trying dozens to, of campaigns.
1: <laughs> I never had a candidate who was doing that. I'll Same. Be you Agreed.
0: You don't know any men in, no, in Ottawa I don't know that any date, man, that young women.
1: I don't know any women who are serious about politics who are dating people because I got to tell you, I get all the, the fathers thing. and the mother voters out there, they'd look at that and say, I don't care if it's not legal. I mean, the age of sexual consent in the country so everybody's clear is 16 so ostensibly anybody can go to bed with a 16 year old if you take take alcohol out of the equation
2: but that is the age of consent like when we're talking about age of consent we're not actually talking to john's point we're not talking about age of consent we're talking about the drinking age and that's a lot different than what age of consent is
1: that is exactly right and so the optics as we would say in our business i don't think i know any politician who would survive that
0: no no i'm not saying they would survive you it is fair to question judgment of anybody uh, but to suggest, I mean, you know, we hear this. Well, there were always rumors. There are rumors about a lot of men in Ottawa who have dated very young women and piles of them, even when they had a there wife. There are
1: rumors a lot about a lot of women in Ottawa. Exactly, that's to be
0: fair here. but again, you know, these rumors, uh, you know, unless they are criminal, that's when they go to the cops. But if it's just that you had a bad date,
1: whatever, that's not a story. It's well, that's, like, that's, like, that's not a story. check. Think about all the cases in the last few months: Patrick Brown and at, at all, Steve Paykin. How many times? Yeah. Does it actually go to court? I don't remember charges being levied against ninety-five percent of the very famous people. I mean, globally famous, not Patrick Brown famous. Yep. Who, who you know? Who might be hiding out in Switzerland now? Um, charges are rarely brought forward, and and in this environment, how would anybody receive a fair trial? Fair fair trial in a courtroom anyway? Well, well, uh, come on.
0: You can I've been. I've covered plenty. I've covered plenty. Um, the reason Gian Gamashi landed in an acquittal was because the witnesses and the uh, sorry the uh, alleged victims were not honest their facts did not add up and they were found to be colluding so I'm sorry it is a very unpopular opinion but, but- but that's in a court of law, like yes. Th- but but at the end of the
2: day, people were still uncomfortable with the fact that Gian Gameshi engaged sure. in sexual activity that w- w- you know was that violence. apparently
0: apparently has made a billion dollars for a movie called uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Apparently, it is actually pr- pretty popular. Just not, not for I guess Gian Gameshi. Well,
2: I I've read Fifty Shades of Grey, and I'm not sure it was quite what yeah. you know the victims in in the Gameshi trial uh, said, but. The fact of the matter is, is legal and political are completely different things, That's and right. it is completely right for people to judge politicians. They, sure. they want to. They 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 are 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 representing taxpayers. They're running for office, and people can hold them to a higher standard.
0: Um, I knew. I've only got like 20 seconds left. I knew politics was ugly. I it never realized how ugly it is. It's a blood sport. Yes. Like yes. The, like I don't know how you people survive. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> you could. I, there was a time when I danced and thought maybe, and now I'm like eh No thanks. All right, we're taking a quick break. We've got to get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Trudeau government announcing today of an announcement that they will announce about Indigenous rights. We'll talk about that coming up next year on Point on Global News Radio. Valentine's Day, and I get to spend it with Jenny Byrne and John Mraz to talk a little politics. Let's go to Ottawa now. We're Justin Trudeau uh, announcing a promise of a promise of a promise. It's a little, little short on detail, but here's a little snippet of what he said.
1: Indigenous...
0: Oh, see how short it was? It was very, very
1: short. We need to get to a place where Indigenous peoples in Canada are in control of their own destiny, making their own decisions about their future.
0: Mm hmm. So, what's that? Um, it was big on uh, platitudes, short on detail, but the government says it will develop a framework to. Um, deal with indigenous rights and titles, develop this framework to foster self-governance.
1: John, what what exactly are they planning to do? Well, I mean, I I have no idea when it comes to the details. What I do know is this is informed by the notion that we are going to have a second country within our country where it looks like its own judicial rules. There's been talk about jury selection, amendments, etc., And it reminds me of the opposition people have to say having a Sharia law in Canada, a different judicial system within an existing framework that doesn't, that is separated by cultural norms that come from elsewhere. So what we're going back to is the notion that Justin Trudeau is promoting the idea that natives here in Canada deserve their own healthcare systems, their own education systems, their own jury selection rules and judiciaries. And that is problematic insofar as we are a country of many different pluralities from all over the world. And if you, and yes, yes, they were here first, but uh, as Conrad Black said in one of his uh, articles the other day, no one's calling for the return of the Pictish empire. (laughs) And um and so while I have tremendous respect for the Native community in Canada, it has always been my view, and I know it's an unpopular one with some of my liberal peers, that ultimately there should be final settlements, but that the law is the law is the law for all Canadians living within our boundaries and we're gonna have the same court system, the same health care,, uh, the same education and this to me is problematic well it is problematic but look one thing we have come to
0: count on with this government is that they don't get a lot passed and they won't move very quickly on anything so but this comes as in i think uh, you know right after we have this very high profile uh, very racially um um uh, touchy sensitive uh, t- uh issue that came out on friday with the colton uh, bushy case yes. so look I know that the framework apparently has been in the works for a while but it's been announced today the Bushy family were in Ottawa and to me it's all about just the optics of it don't look very good.
2: No it's it's all sim- quote symbolism for this uh for this government. Uh it 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 is completely like sure uh, we already have two judicial systems, two healthcare systems. Um uh, aboriginals on reserves already have uh, a much different uh uh healthcare and judicial and and education systems than what the rest of the country has this is complete symbolism if you listen to the prime minister's speech today it was 15 minutes it really didn't say uh anything and uh i just think that this government continues to be a government on symbolism for example they removed uh the the, the prime minister's office that used to be called longevon uh which i worked in for for nine years on and off uh was removed uh over residential schools well If we're talking symbolism, the prime minister's uh, father oversaw a government that not only did he do the white paper on um, Indian affairs in 1969, he was the prime minister for 15 years while residential schools were uh, were operating as well as. Three to four residential schools opened under him being prime minister. So this is all symbolism. But to your point, they don't pass legislation; they don't actually get anything through. So this is nothing more than a communications I, exercise. I, I've
1: got to disagree with you here, Jenny. I I believe that Justin Trudeau and his government and the Liberal Party of Canada are in fact committed to getting some legislation passed on this. But My will concern, they? But will they? Committed it was just is one thing. But perhaps I would be less affronted. Will they? But let's say they do. They have a majority. They can pass the legislation if they want. My concern as a Canadian citizen is that it's not symbolism, is that we're going to create two parallel states with different standards, values, and uh, different equalities of condition and opportunity.
2: But we already do. But that's the the reserve system. We already do. I
1: recognize that we already have that disparity, but going further and entrenching that further bothers me as a Canadian.
0: Well, okay, and and it's fair enough to say because you know not just the prime minister, but more concerning, I think, are the comments of the justice minister over the weekend, um, casting doubt on a ju- on a jury and essentially, uh, you know, saying that they're racist. It's very problematic with what they're doing right now, undermining due process. And to suggest now that we're going to get a separate jury system, uh, they're going to have a big problem. The the legal societies of Canada are just going to lose their minds. And And
1: rightly, they should. And and by the way, we are functionally almost talking about the same thing. Uh, Prior to uh, our break, we were talking about Patrick Brown and trial by media. And here we are once again it's not trial by media but it is adjud- adjudication by media we are discussing but that's irresponsible because yeah. this is this is
0: the kind of um racial uh, you know time bomb that you know they've made so many promises to the indigenous community to not fulfill a promise and to give them hope now that they're going to get their own old- and they don't fulfill it
1: there's going to be a line. There. i would add partisan or not that every government for the last 50 years has made promises and assurances right. to the native community come, come election time and that not a lot has gotten. Right. Done. But so they said
0: they were different and that's why they will get held to account.
1: Well, we'll see. As I said, I, do, I, I challenge you. I don't think it is symbolism. I think it's more dangerous than that. I think that they are going to try and move this wheel. And I think they're going to come up against the Supreme Court of Canada who are going to say we either have a Charter of Rights and Freedoms for all Canadians yes. or we don't. It would be almost, I don't actually know how you would do it. We cannot have a
0: jury system where you are allotting certain people uh, designated numbers because then you'll have people from uh, the East Indian community, from the black community. Everyone will think, well, hold on a second. We have needs too. I mean, everyone seems to forget what the jury is to do. They're there to look at evidence. They're not there to dissect and look at culture and and tradition. That's not their job. Their job is to weigh the facts. Period. Okay, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I uh, sold that one. Um, details coming out of South Korea, not just the Olympic events. Dog farms are uh, catching the journalists' attention because there's 17,000 dog farms, not the cute and cuddly kind. These are dog meat farms. It's very big in South Korea. It's very big in Asia. Um but apparently a number of people are going in there, buying up the dogs and sending them out for adoption uh, to Canada. And this has, you know, journalists and, and um, animal rights well, people going know, crazy. I,
1: I'm excited to talk about this because I've eaten dog twice. I ate dog in Central Africa. Do you know, know what kind a, of twice dog? Twice that you know of. Twice <laughs> that I know of, absolutely. But I've eaten dog twice. I mean, I chose to eat dog twice. Does once ta- in what Latin does it taste America, like? Once in Central Africa. Is it good? My observation is that it is a lesser quality, not so tasty meat. Uh, is it like it sort of reminds me of my joke about turkey, which is if turkey was that delicious, we wouldn't just eat it once or twice a year. <laughs> chickens are delicious. Okay, so what um, does dog meat taste like? I, dog I literally meat don't know. It sort of tastes like, um, well, Button I don't ribs, know. Fun ribs, like sort of Miami like ribs? I don't goat know. Goat without any of the style. Uh, and, and by the way, I also want to add I'm going out to dinner later tonight at a restaurant that serves tartare. I will be eating horse tartare tonight, and somehow nobody seems to object to that. No, people object to that, too. We eat the beautiful horses here.
0: Well, we, we're very selective with what we eat. Cows are okay, chickens are okay. Horse, not so uh, okay. Dogs, so I, okay.
2: I, I grew up in a family that hunts for meat, so I, I grew up oh, eating bears and, and, and venison. So <laughs> I, I get it.
1: But, but you know, the bottom line is, I asked about this when I was in these countries where people eat, look in many of the countries where people are eating dog. You have vast, huge populations. You have agricultural. Uh, the agricultural production doesn't meet needs. People are hungry, that thing's moving, it's protein, I can stay alive, that's why they're eating it. These, you know, these are countries with real economic, uh, real challenge, challenging economies and large populations, and so anything that's available to eat, I've eaten, sure. you know, locusts and bugs and all sorts of things around the world, people eat to keep their families alive and by the way and, they and don't and need the, the western media
0: uh, you know coming into their country last point to you well and, 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 and you and outrage. you have a bunch of
2: bunch of athletes that are concerned um there are are stray dogs and cats and animals all that that roam across this country and to go into uh, uh to go into a foreign country during the olympics um just seems very disingenuous
1: a little rich well, as rich as seal hearts up north, right? Well, listen,
2: I've gone seal hunting, so I get like I wow. get you. You are all I've sorts had, of mean. Who kills? How do you kill seals? Jenny,
1: for finally, we completely agree on something. Seals are delicious. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I'll take seal over dog anytime, and a horse is delicious, wow. and I'm okay with it. And when the rabbit in my backyard hops by, I say to my son, "See that rabbit, Luca." delicious
0: happy valentine's day thumper's got a big meal all right guys thank you well i think uh john mraz and jenny byrne joining me tonight to offend all